Hello, in this edition we're ODing on OD, short for Organisational Development. What is it? Why does it matter? I'm Nigel Cassidy and this is the CIPD Podcast. Welcome. If the HR profession's job is to get the best out of a workforce, it's the organisational development and design types within it who have to delve deeper into the organisation to find out what makes it tick. That's beyond everyday concerns like recruitment, training, rewards and all the admin that goes with being a people professional. It's the strategic stuff around how your place actually functions or ought to function to achieve its goals. So this CIPD podcast is all about the dark arts of OD, that's adapting, improving and evolving an organisation so it can deliver on its goals, so it can grow and advance. Well, here with me at CIPD headquarters to help us with this, Linda Holbeach, co-director of the Holbeach Partnership, widely acknowledged as an influential thought and practice leader in this field. Hello. Hello. And Caroline Nugent, HR Director at the Financial Ombudsman Service, who's held some key directorships in public organisations and joined the CIPD board last April. Hello. Hello. Well, Linda, uh, can we start with a tiny bit of history? I know from the CIPD website that organisational development came out of the US in the 1940s and the 1950s. And it seems to have its roots in all kinds of thought and practice, behavioural science, sociology, even psychotherapy. So what is it? Well, as you say, the history of it is very rich, but fundamentally it's um, the, the applied field of organisational dynamics. It's how groups work, it's how organisations work as a system and how they adapt to the, the environment in which they're operating. But the history is, is rich and diverse because the origins of it back in the 40s and even before that were given a boost, if you like, by the terrible tragedies that befell people during the Second World War. A lot of the leading thinkers at the time, like Kurt Lewin, wanted to understand how it was that when you put groups of people together, groupthink can lead to disastrous behaviours and choices, um, just as they can lead to very positive behaviours. So he wanted to understand that and developed if you like, a range of ways of understanding and applying processes to help people understand each other better. So Caroline Nugent, uh, I mentioned at the beginning that OD goes a bit deeper than just the plain vanilla HR. So does everybody actually recognise that it is a tool and it's something that should be there to be used when change is needed? I don't think necessarily. I think some people drop into it by default. I think there are some organisations that don't particularly understand what OD is and we'll see it has, this is HR, do your change, do your restructure, but don't understand the background to it, particularly around the change aspects. So I think that's something that some organisations, and I think from a professional point of view, have we really sold what OD is enough? As you say, it's been going for many, many years now, and I think there is still some misunderstanding of what it actually involves, what it is. Do you agree with that? I do, and I think it's um, very interesting that as in the current time we're in such a period of rapid transition i mean at least everybody recognizes that you know what with technology political uncertainty economic uncertainty etc there's a real awareness that the old business models don't work as well as they used to do and organizations and working practices are going to have to change very quickly and the awareness is growing that 
we don't know how to make these changes. So consequently, lots of organisations I come across have suddenly appointed people to OD roles who previously were minding their own business in L&D roles or HR roles and not necessarily having exposed them to the kinds of skills development and experience that would be handy in that role. So a lot of people, I think, are struggling a bit with it. Caroline, I must say I'm a bit foggy about the difference between the normal HR function and OD. So I think HR, as you were saying earlier, recruitment is a good example. So we will look at, we need X position, let's go and recruit it. I think from the OD bit is what's going to happen longer term and what changes do we need? So we could just recruit a HR professional, for example, or an architect, for example. But actually, longer term, what does it mean the organisation wants? And I think, as a, again, as a profession... We've wanted to get at the table, being that word that people have put in quite a lot. But have we been that strategic eye? Have we challenged? Have we the agile, the adaptability? Have we really challenged what an organisation wants from its OD going forward? And I think that's part of the challenge from HR. And a lot of people also talk about design as well as development. Is there any fundamental difference? Are the two Ds the same? They're related, but in my view, they are different they're both systemic so for example as caroline was saying you know if you're trying to develop more innovation speed things up etc you need to look at the whole organization not only at a specific chunk of it and very often that leads on to what used to be called the mckinsey 7s or the peters 7s you know the system strategy etc and what for me distinguishes the design pieces is that that's looking at the so-called hard triangle of structure systems and strategy more specifically and very often there's a neglect if it's done by external consultants of the so-called soft s which is the staff and the shared values and all that kind of thing which is where organization development in particular comes in so for me You can't design if you want it to succeed without development, but you can do development without design. It depends what you're trying to achieve. I agree totally with that because I think part of the challenge in the past is we've brought in a transformational expert. So there's been this expectation that you bring somebody in, they can transform the organisation, they go, but they've not necessarily understood the culture of the organisation and then how you do that change, but it's sustained change. And as you say, the people aspect of change is the biggest thing. So talk me through the nitty-gritty then. Uh, The change has been designed, the architecture has been done. What are the OD people who are in-house, who've got to make it work, what are they doing? Are they kind of mainly persuading people to follow the new rules? Are they talking to management about implementation? What are they physically doing all day? I think it's, again, wider than that. It's all aspects of that, but it has to be at that strategic level. It's got to be top-down and implementing day-to-day decisions such as if you're doing a job redesign again you can change somebody's job if somebody wants to they can unpick that job so it's the perseverance it's the going around you can't just put in one thing like a, an L&D program and expect that to change things going forward it's the constant reviewing almost the ROI of it the why the what those kind of things if you don't put that in it again just becomes one aspect you do to somebody and they can unpick if they want to, whether that be a manager or an employee. 
Okay, now I want to ask you both this. Does it take a particular kind of animal to do this work? Are there people who are really good at it, or is it something that ends up just being given to somebody and they may or may not have the skills? Well, I think it depends on your starting point. Some people do come with a kit bag of skills, particularly if they've got a learning and development background, which enables them to both understand, if you like, some aspects of group dynamics and apply them to things like team development and conflict management if they're trained in mediation or whatever. But fundamentally, for me, depends on what level of OD activity you're engaging in. If you're, in a way, focusing on the really strategic elements, such as Caroline has outlined, you really do need to understand the business and how it operates. You need to understand its processes and how they might be improved. You also need confidence and credibility with senior management because, by and large, if you're going to shift the culture of the organisation and the ways of working, you have to really start with the people at the top because they, in a sense, mandate everything else and they model everything else. Um, so that's, that's not an easy call, even for some very experienced HR directors. And I think there's also, just as with HR professionals, the pressure is on to be evidence-based, I think that's also true of OD professionals who are often one and the same um, to be able to marshal their data, pinpoint where to make a start on shifting a culture and process to something more healthy. And as you say, that credible partner, that being known in the organisation that you will challenge senior leaders, that credibility of being able to say some things that perhaps some people don't want to hear when they're particularly at a very senior level, that truth to power type scenario, I think that's critical for an OD or the multitasking HROD partner. So how do you handle things if you've been handed this hot potato, it's not going well, senior management just want to see results, they want to see the organisation's goals reached, How do you handle that, particularly if you've not got a lot of experience in OD? Part of it is obviously looking at things like the CIPD professional map. I mean, if you want to learn what it is, you've got to understand it. So part of it is your self-reflection. But I think it's also important that you, you go and ask everybody, bottom up, what's not working? So, again, it's challenging why something has not taken place and being comfortable to ask everybody. So ask some of the people that have had this done to them rather than been part of the journey. And then that truth to power bit, go and explain why it's not worked. And you may have to unpick and go back. I think HR professionals, if you look at from an HR, you want to find a solution and you want to bring it in. The OD professional wants to embed it. And then that ongoing, we like to see things happen quick because we're all so busy and we want to move on to the next thing. In OD, it's the embeddingment of it because as creatures of habit, we will go back, if we can, to what it was like before because, as Linda said, we don't particularly like change. Now, Linda, a lot of people like to talk about an ecosystem, don't they? We've already heard uh, word about learning and development and other aspects of HR. So give us a sense of where organisational development fits with everything that people professionals do? Well, I think there are considerable overlaps, but there are some distinct areas at the same time. So, for instance, I think L&D and HR and OD have all got concerns for developing a healthy working environment. I think HR particularly is concerned about 
all aspects of the employee experience from recruitment to exiting if need be and engagement of course is part of that learning and development you know they're really key to enabling people to develop the skills they need in this very fast changing environment you know the cross skilling and upskilling that's required od for me takes the most systemic view of the lot it in a sense has to enable some sort of integrated view involving all aspects of the hr profession but also senior management about what it is we might need to do as an organization to survive and thrive in this changing environment and that may mean making difficult business cases it may mean delving deeply into those very uncomfortable areas for the organization issues to do with cultural blockages power and so on and in that sense i think ultimately the od function is without being change management in the conventional sense i'm not saying that's an admission of failure because change management in the conventional sense as in project management is often very much needed but it's very much about enabling an organization to dynamically adjust and adapt and knowing how to make that happen and to be honest hr and learning and development are in a sense obliged to focus on the here and now and the the immediate requirements of the business and OD has to pick up the cudgel of and let's mm. see how we use the short term to develop the long term i get all that that's a kind of ideal situation but as the hr function shrinks in many organizations is there not the danger that all the OD stuff just gets swallowed up it's kind of what top management think hr do there is absolutely a risk of that, particularly, and it doesn't matter whether you're private or public sector. The here and now is very important. If it's no good coming up with something that's going to take five years in a private sector organisation that may be gone in two years because its bottom line has, has been affected. So you have to you have to multi-skill, and I think even more so now, because HR as a support service, as the backbone, often is shrinking in organisations. So for me, the, the most senior person within HR has to be supported by people that want to do that change, that know as a profession you've got to deal with the here and now because you have to be sustainable, but you have got to keep pushing at the boundaries and getting people to realise if we don't do X... This is what's going to happen. So recruitment is a, a good example. You could do mass recruitment and basically get people on seats, but actually, are they the long-term sustainability? What is it you need? What behaviours do you need to be a sustainable organisation? So where's it going in the future? Is this a good discipline to be in? Oh, I think so. Um, it's certainly not going to become irrelevant, far from it. The challenge is growing enough people with the awareness of what it involves and with the skills to contribute, whether they're people in HR or L&D roles who adopt an OD mindset, you know, approach their day-to-day -day work in that way, it's not going to go away. If anything, through every aspect of the HR function, it's possible to do this agile way of approaching OD, which is take two steps forward, reflect what works take forward and grow from there bit by bit build your allies start to create momentum start to produce some results and if you've got two or three choices choose the one that's likeliest to produce 
future benefits as well as the present benefits? And I think for me it's from a professional point of view. Are the HR profession able to work in the ambiguity that's needed going forward? And I think that's a critical thing that we need to reflect on personally as to whether you can look to see what you don't know is out there and work and work in that risk-based approach because you do not know what's coming around the corner. And as the professional person, you've got to be able to give confidence both to employees and managers that don't worry, there is a solution to this. We may have to work out a few things, but ultimately there is a way of getting through it. So being able to work in ambiguity to me is critical. Okay, well, it seems a good point to end on. We're coming to the end of our time on this. So what can we take away? Well, it's been said many times that people don't so much dislike change, they dislike being changed. So it must follow the good ODs about evolving an organisation's architecture, as we've heard, so people can see what they do and how they do it does matter and come to embrace change instead of fighting it. As always, there's resources on the CIPD website. But a big thank you to Caroline Nugent and to Linda Holbeach. Until next time, it's goodbye.